With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Top of the morning to you. I'm recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Before I continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, I just wanted to reach out in support of anyone that was affected by the Christchurch shootings in New Zealand that happened recently. Racism, xenophobia, Islamophobia are all horrible, horrible things. And I hate that this sort of thing keeps happening and that 49 people lost their lives because someone had terrible views. I'm glad that these Harry Potter books inherently try to teach people to not be like that. And I hope that we can all strive to remove these horrible things from the world and just make the world a better place. So my heart goes out to everyone affected. And for April's Charity of the Month, we'll do something relevant to help those victims. Speaking of things in the news, I know that the whole Johnny Depp stuff came out. I touch on it later on in the episode, so you can listen to it there for my thoughts on what has been released. The previous two things I've talked about suck. You know what doesn't suck? Our new patrons. So shout out to Jordan O'Meara, Megan Cope, The One and Online, Jamie Lee Maracle, Emma Cooey, The Return of Ali Ravik, Jasmine Ellis, Colin Yoy, Pavi Kukkanen, Mandy Marie, Abby El. Elmer, Trader Hose, Callie Martin, Charlotte Knott, Jessica Liddell, Danielle Athanasiu, Christine Kanan, and Jonathan Roger. Shout out to Marianne Hardman and Al Vega who upgraded their pledge. A big shout out to the return of two previous producer level patrons who are back on the team, Harlan Haskins and Akanksha Soxana, and to our new producer level patrons, Wouter Vandermaiden, Shelby Darnell, and Noelia. They join the ranks of Leanne, Vicky, Aaron, Erica, Calvin, Jesse, Natalie, Deborah, Clow, Frank, Marchismo, Tori, Samantha, Juan, Kieran, Rebecca, Abid, Caitlin, Rosemarie, Jill, Marie, Lisa, Ariel, Romina, Camille, Russell, Dustin, Audra, Eleanor, Sydney, Billy, Rossanne, Andrea, Nikita, Lala, Chelsea, Taylor, Lovekesh, Ali, Cassandra, Roxy, Amelia, Sean, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Jessica, Arna, Tiago, Daisy, Jessica, Orchid, Steve, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Marino, Moster, Pinky, Angelina, Ross, Marie, Phineas, Lee, Alex, Brian, Caitlin, Finn, Mosin, Grace, Sammy, Rule, Ingen, Mari, Brianne, Heidi, Alexandra, John, Jen, Noel, Tao, Emily, Michael, Robin, Patricia, Will, Liz, Mariah, Braden, Sarah, Claire, Teal, Sina, Rory, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Alicat, Hallie, Veronica, Kevin, Lotta, Noah, Tracy, Lucinda, Carlos, Pam, Nikki, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Carrie, Andrea, Topher, Ella, Anthony, Weekend of Dead, Cat Ladies, David, Elisa, Lynn, Emily, Ryan, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Addie, Mark, Polly, Kimberly, Sanjin, Brittany, Nita, Bavi, Tumnus, Remy, Matt, Sarah, Lauren, Nona, Kyle, Zena, Emily, Colleen, and Can't I Potter? Who never turn the faucet to hot when they mean to turn it to cold or vice versa. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus episodes, director's commentary, exclusive merchandise, you can head on over to patreon.com slash potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 69. Nice! of Potterless covering chapter 18 of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, guest starring Cecilia Lynn Jacobs.
Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a grown man reading the Harry Potter series for the very first time. My name is Mike Schubert. I am that grown man, and I am joined by someone that you may have heard on audio drama such as Wolf Through 59. It's Cecilia Lynn Jacobs. Cecilia, Cecilia, how's it going? I'm pretty good. <laughs> pretty good? Yeah, really, well, really good. No, okay. I've had a good day. Good. That's good. Well, let's make it better by talking about angsty teenagers. Oh, my favorite. <laughs> Aren't? They all of our face. So we're going to be discussing chapters 18 and 19 of book seven. And chapter 18 is called The Life and Lies of Albus Dumbledore. So let's get right into it. As you may have recalled in chapter 17, Harry did some dumb shit and decided to follow <laughs> Bathilda Bagshot thinking, that'll be a good idea. What a loser. <laughs> so it's the next day the sun is coming up and Harry can't appreciate being alive because he's still freaking out about losing his wand and it being broken in half. To be fair, that I think of all of the things that Harry Potter freaks out about in the first half of the seventh book, him breaking his wand is probably like the most. Mm, that's it's a, pretty legitimate. That's the one that gets to me, right? Mm -hmm. Like a lot of like shitty shit happens in the seventh book in general, mm -hmm. but like the one that really, really gets to me is like, oh, the wand, and he like. <laughs> kind of doubts himself as a wizard generally and like held his talisman up as his like little wand and now he's got to stand on his own also at the same time that he finds out that Dumbledore like had a thingy with mm -hmm. Grindelwald ah hooray <laughs> for metaphors like it's the just Oh, man. The other rough thing about the wand is that he, and, and Harry brings this up, is that his wand had, like, the magical thing that saved him from Voldemort, and he had no idea what all of that was. So at least in his brain, he's like, oh, no. Like, yeah. this is the one thing that saved my ass. What do I do now? Yeah, this unexplainable, like, giant magical thing that is more powerful than me, it, like, has always been there to swoop out of the sky and save me. Mm -hmm. Now what? <laughs> now what? <laughs> Crap. Wow, it's like it's a coming of age tale. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he must learned to stand on his own. Oh, geez. Don't we all? <laughs> so he feels weak and he knows that Hermione would tell him that the wand is only as good as the wizard, but he doesn't buy it because of the whole golden flame spark thing from before. He dreads the loss of the twin cores, but honestly, in my brain, since Voldemort is looking for a new wand anyway, it seems like this doesn't matter. Because it seems like Voldemort has been pressing who we now will learn is Grindelwald to trying to get this other wand or some other wand than the one that he's been fighting Harry with before. Mm -hmm. So the double core thing doesn't even really matter, right? I mean, while Voldemort is trying to find a new wand, he hasn't yet. really found one yet. Mm -hmm. So like, yes, it still does matter to a certain extent. And also, I, it seems like Harry is like super unclear on like stuff that I have felt way more clear about mm -hmm. reading this book <laughs> and that he's like, oh my goodness, like it's definitely like my want specifically and not the fact that Voldemort and I have this weird connection. Yeah, true, this whole scar have. thing. Like, it's not, it has nothing to do with that. And, like, and I think that that has been talked about before yes that mm -hmm. um, that like that wand chose him because they like the wand could have chose him because yeah, of the scar because connection of the, yeah because of his connection with Baltimore right mm -hmm. like and that is not just like oh you randomly got one <laughs> true <laughs> okay like brother wand right yeah so I, I think it is really legit that he's scared and I also think that one of the things that I really like about these books is that JK Rowling is pretty good at taking 
like really common complex human emotions and making them really kind of packageable and digestible Mm -hmm. um and i think there are downsides to that but i also think that like when you're scared and running (laughs) from a bunch of dark wizards and big satan boy boy. (laughs) and also (laughs) your mentor father grandfather person Mm -hmm. told you that you're like wizard jesus and then died like I don't know. You kind of grasp at straws, maybe. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, also, he's a teenager, and like, if I was going through any of this as a teenager, I'd be uh-huh. freaking the fuck out constantly. Much. Yeah. Like, there's like <laughs> only so much you can do. So I don't know. I am on Harry's side for this sure. one. Um. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's what we have so far. <laughs> so Harry pulls the snitch out of his Hagrid pelt necklace thing, mm-hmm. and it makes Harry furious at Dumbledore. And he is mad at Dumbledore because he feels, quote, left to grope in the darkness, which we've ever listened to a past episode of Potter's. I hate that J.K. Rowling loves the word grope so much. I've been reassured by many British listeners that in the UK, grope is a normal word yeah. for, like, feeling around. But at I least mean, here, I've never heard it in a normal context. Really? It's a normal word here, too. Okay. This is yeah. good because maybe I'm just a stupid person. But no. I feel like I've only ever heard it in, like, a ugh. Yeah, because, like, since the 90s. It's been used in the context of law, mm-hmm. but like many of the words that are like creepy and sexy now mm-hmm. were um, normal before. Were like totally normal words that had to do with like passing somebody the salt. Yeah, you know? like, I, re- I remember. Or like feeling around in the dark for someone. Sure. Or, or, or like something. Like, yeah, like the way J.K. Rowling uses it in the book. <laughs> yeah, so like of course, like if there's a word that means feeling around in the dark for something. Mm you're going to apply it to some body parts eventually. (laughs) Yeah. I remember in middle school that happened with the word queer. And I don't know if I was just blind to it, but I feel like I knew of it as a synonym just for like strange. Yeah. And then it became more and more for like LGBT. And then I felt weird using the word queer as a synonym for strange because I'm like, these people aren't strange, but I I don't know. I I feel like that was one that I saw happen in real time where earlier in my life, it was just a synonym. And I was like, oh, this word means a specific thing Mm -hmm. or like weird used to be used to describe basically anything having to do with magic Mm -hmm. or like that's a a version that it has right like the weird sisters Mm. true Harry Potter, good reference. So, so grow up around in the darkness. Harry's very upset. And Harry's also upset about dropping the photo of the thief because now Voldemort has all of the info. Hermione is up and brings Harry Potter some tea because she's perfect. And she says that she has the Rita Skeeter book. <laughs> she is. She is. She's keeping everything there together. She is. <laughs> so she has the Rita Skeeter book so that they can figure out who the thief is. There's a note to Bathilda in the book from Rita Skeeter. Fun fact about the audiobooks, Stephen Fry pronounces Bathilda Batilda. And is that the real pronunciation or is that a British thing? I keep thinking it was Bathilda. Well, Jim Dale, okay, Jim Dale also pronounces it as Batilda. Batilda. Okay. I always have read it to rhyme with Matilda, which is also spelled with an H. Oh, Matilda's with an H? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then it probably yeah. is Batilda. Yeah, it's. I think it's just like one of those things. Okay. Then I yeah. retroactively apologize for mispronouncing your name in a bunch of episodes of Potterless. So, <laughs> there's a, so it goes. <laughs> so the note from Rita to Batilda ends with, you 
you said everything, even if you don't remember it, which is super terrifying and sounds yes. incredibly shady and definitely means she used some sort of thing, whether it was Veritaserum or not, that she shouldn't be able to as a journalist. Oh, Rita Skeeter's like the shadiest, yeah. like one of the very shadiest characters. Yes. Like all of the adults in this in this book series, except for like Dumbledore and the Order of the mm-hmm. Phoenix, are just like really morally suspect. Yeah, but, super know. true. Yeah. So Harry Life lessons, guys. <laughs> Children. Ugh. Harry then has savage pleasure of learning all of the things that Dumbledore, quote, didn't think were worth telling him. I'm doing the largest air quotes possible for all you listening at home. Hermione asks if Harry is still mad at her, and she is crying. She's very upset about the whole situation. Harry says no. He knows that her breaking his wand was an accident, and he admits that he would be dead without her, which is very true. Like, not just in this one instance, but, like, multiple times throughout this whole camping escapade. You know, I feel that it's a mark of Harry's maturity that he's finally able to, A, recognize Mm -hmm. and, B, vocalize the fact (laughs) that Hermione just constantly saves his ass. Always holding it together. you know, yay, Harry. (laughs) You did it. Seven books later, you did it. Yeah, look at you, bud. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Hermione's super sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Harry tears through the book and finds the photo in question with Dumbledore and the thief. Narrator Harry again calls him handsome, which this is something I've brought up recently, but I find it a bit uncomfortable that J.K. Rowling has this thing where, oh, if you're good at magic, you're hot. I think it's kind of strange. But then also, right? Yeah. Everybody who's good at magic is hot. And eventually Voldemort becomes ugly. Right. But he's only ugly because of scars and stuff. Not like naturally. It's only because he lost an eye and got scars. Yeah. No, no. I mean, he's described as strange looking because he's gotten a bunch of chunks torn out of him. Yeah. I'm sure in J.K. Rowling's mind, he was super hot beforehand. It's kind of strange. Yeah. No, it's strange. The other thing, which is less strange and more interesting, I feel like Harry has to be bisexual. I don't know if this is just a not necessarily sexual interest towards men, but mm-hmm. the only people that he really calls attractive, aside from Fleur, who is described as just like objectively the prettiest girl ever, aside from that, Harry calls so many dudes hot. He calls Sirius hot. He calls young Tom Riddle hot. He calls this who we learn is Grindelwald hot. He mm-hmm. calls Cedric. I feel like there's a bunch of dudes. I don't know if he even says Draco, but that's in play. I feel like there's more often than not we hear about Harry thinking that dudes are attractive and not women. Obviously, you get Cho and Ginny, but I find it kind of interesting, and I don't know if this is ever touched upon. I feel like I've heard the fan theories about it. I just think it's a recurring theme, at least in the past two books, Mm -hmm. where Harry keeps calling dudes attractive repeatedly. Can we get a little, like, dry and technical for a second and talk about narrator yeah in Harry Potter. I'm very confused by narrator Harry <laughs> yes so like this is an interesting narrator right because this or like I don't know it's kind of a typical narrator right it's like third person limited I think thir- I think that is the technical term like it knows everything that Harry knows but it's not but necessarily just Harry plus yeah but it like jumps around it like is limited to the perspective of characters mm-hmm in the book most of the time, mm-hmm. except in the first book. Right. You know, right off the bat when it knows everybody's how name. How very wrong he was. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, except in the first book, and I... There's a few chapters like, that aren't centered around Harry where it's not Harry. Yeah, so, like, one could argue that that is where this recurrence of, like, descriptor mm-hmm. dudes is bangingly sexy and sure. all of the... <laughs> 
<laughs> like all of the, the ladies are yeah. like, and she's there. Mm-hmm. The other thing like, that she's got a crush on so and so. Um, it comes from, but like, I don't, you know, like, I don't really know what to do about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's one of the weird points in Mm -hmm. this thing. It's also not necessarily, it doesn't have to mean that he's bisexual because like, I'm a straight man and I'm not attracted to dudes, but I still can tell like, oh, Brad Pitt is an attractive dude. Or like, this dude's kind of weird looking, like without, (laughs) without wanting any sort of relationship or to make out with them or whatever. Snape mm-hmm. is not hot, but mm-hmm. he's very good, good at, at magic. magic. Yeah. Same they never Remus Lupin. Mm, yeah. I don't know if they ever say Remus is hot. They really only say Snape has oily hair and a big nose. <laughs> but, but no, but you're right. Skinny, they, pallid legs in mm, oh. book five. Dirty underwear in the flashback. Gray, yeah, gray, <laughs> skinny pallid legs and graying underpants mm-hmm. in book five, hook nose. Just general, like anytime they describe his facial expression, mm-hmm. mostly generalized comparisons to bats are like not considered <laughs> not, not, hot yeah. in, in like contemporary Western culture. <laughs> totally, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like it's not direct. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly as direct as like serious. Wow. wow. <laughs> just like basically. How like, it always there's is. There's just like a tiny imaginary asterisk every time Sirius Black's name's mentioned. It's just like Sirius Black asterisk, the most banging <laughs> wizard ever. It's very true. I went to the uh, the Harry Potter thing at the natural, not the natural history. It's like, like the, the historical society. Yes. Yeah. I went to that museum exhibit here in New York and it was really cool. And they had a bunch of paintings that were finally not just like based off of the movie actors and actresses, oh, which was God, really nice. Man. You got a Haggard that looked different and a Maggie, or not a Maggie Smith, a McGonagall <laughs> that looked different. It wasn't Maggie Smith, which I think she's still perfect casting. Yeah. But it was nice to see like other artist renditions and the Snape they had was actually perfect because Alan mm. Rickman is a good looking dude. Even though they try to like ugly him up a little, you're still like, eh. He's not gross. It's Alan Rickman. Yeah, well, yes, yes. <laughs> but they had a painting of Snape, and he mm-hmm. looked gross. Like, his hair looked really thin yeah. and oily, and, like, he hadn't taken a shower in forever. And I was like, this is Snape. This is him. I like this so much. I don't like seeing Alan Rickman, and I always just see that gif where he's, like, going yeah. back against the window. I'm like, ugh. Whereas this one in the painting was much more accurate. You know, I think it's going to forever, forever bother me that they started making the Harry Potter movies before the, she finished publishing the books. Uh, just that is a problem. It is, it is. And I get really, like, intense about this because I was mm-hmm. really intense about this as a 10-year-old when uh-huh. they, like, when Warner Brothers, you know, when this happened. When it all came when out. When it happened, mm-hmm. right? And we were like, we're still waiting for this other book to come out. <laughs> like, Don't worry about a movie, write the on. book. Yeah, but I think that, like, it feels especially present in the later books when characters start blending or, like, when the illustrations in various editions start reflecting like, movie people. Movie people. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know, I was listening to an earlier episode and you were talking, you, you have, like, a very, I think that I hear there's been some talk uh-huh. about wearing normal clothes under robes. There's a huge debate. Yeah, <laughs> but from my recollection in the U.S. editions, mm-hmm. the first illustrations don't show the kids wearing 
So clothes under robes. There, I think some do and some don't. Okay. The main thing that's always the big question with the clothes under the robes argument is that the illustrations in the books were never approved by J.K. Rowling. Mm. It was just someone else did them. Interesting. Because one of the things she points out is that Harry's scar in the book illustrations is in oh, the middle, the center, yeah. and she thinks it's off to the side. Yeah. So you can't necessarily take it for credit. If I ever get an interview with J.K. Rowling, it'll be all stupid questions, and one of them will be, "Do the kids <laughs> wear clothes under the robes?" And I feel like she would say yes because in the movies they end up doing it and I feel like they mm. probably asked her about it but I don't know they never say it explicitly yeah in this it's a very fun debate it is okay cool <laughs> so let's see I don't know where 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 Grindelwald Grindelwald oh Grindelwald right because he's so hot so yeah. Harry reads the <laughs> caption <laughs> So Harry reads the <laughs> caption, which says, his friend, Gellert Grindelwald, and ooh, baby, let's go. So I unfortunately knew this because of seeing the first Fantastic Beast movie. I kind of wish I didn't know this not very oh. major spoiler. It would have been fun, but when I at least heard about these movies coming out, even before I started the podcast, yeah. there was talk of like, oh, Grindelwald's someone that Dumbledore knew, blah, blah, blah. So there's like yeah. no escaping it. Okay, cool. But- it's a little sad that I didn't get to be this big plot twist, which I'm sure for normal people reading this, it was like, whoa, Dumbledore is, has a friendship or more with this big old evil dude? So yeah. that's an interesting thing. And mm -hmm. Harry and Hermione are very shook by it. Harry then starts to skim through the book for anything Grindelwald, and he finds a chapter called The Greater Good, which sounds like a good chapter title at first, but then we learn is super creepy mm -hmm. <laughs> and not good at all. Mm -hmm. So the book says that Dumbledore had just graduated and was head boy, prefect, won an award for best spell casting, and here's my concern. How has Hermione never talked about this award before? Right. How oh, has she never discussed this? That's an excellent point. Right. The Barnabas Finkley Prize. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know. Maybe it was just a one-time thing. I don't know if Barnabas no Finkley idea. was an old professor and he only gave it out when he was at the school. But this seems ridiculous that Hermione Granger has never brought this up. Yeah. So this is so weird, right? Like this mentions like a whole bunch of like extracurricular stuff that never mm -mm. comes up. And it seems like so many things that either Hermione or other people like Percy would be totally interested yeah. in. So, well, this is one of the things about Hermione, right? Is that like since she is muggle-born, hardcore muggle-born, mm -hmm. grew up in a muggle family, there are things that she might not know. Yeah. You know, like this becomes like a privileged discussion in a really interesting <laughs> way, right? Um, she does read like, Hogwarts history through and through a lot, but there is a chance does. it's not in the yeah, book. Yeah, no, well, I mean like, I, you know, like this is the, eh, it just like occurs as a <laughs> possibility that like there are things that Hermione cannot learn mm -hmm. and this does come up in the books right especially in the earlier books where yeah. like there are things that Hermione cannot learn about the wizarding world by reading and usually when they come up she gets really upset yeah which is legitimate totally because there is like it's just not fair yeah it's a not fair and there's like it seems like in on some of these things, there's like bizarrely little social room for error. Mm -hmm. Someone will make fun of her for not knowing <laughs> or like someone will make fun of Harry for not knowing. Sure. Despite the fact that we're like, thank you for letting us get that thing explained to us. <laughs> yes, but, like, very yeah. important. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that, like I don't know where these things are coming mm -hmm. from. And this is weird. So it goes on. Um, He's also the British student liaison to the Wizengamot and he mm -hmm. won a gold medal for alchemy work in Cairo which I want a spinoff book about that. That yes. sounds real good. The International Alchemical Conference yeah. in Cairo. Cairo. Yes. I want to hear all about that. I know, right? So we Somebody learned... should have asked Percy from when <gasps> the Weasleys went to Egypt. Mm -hmm. That'd be book. good. 
Ooh, a spinoff book about the Weasley's trip to Egypt. That would be so silly. Mainly, <laughs> mainly starring Charlie, so we can finally learn things about Charlie oh, Weasley. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Weasley. What a babe. He's perfect. We need more about him. Bill's kind of a babe, too, but he's a little bit too serious. I like Charlie. That's good. Good. Yeah. You have a good home in Potterless. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> most people's favorite character, if not Weasley, if not character, yeah. is Charlie. <laughs> So Dumbledore was about to go on his trip with Doge, but an owl came with the news of his mother's death. Rita only calls Doge dog breath Doge in the entire book, which is so Donald Trump that it scares me. Like that's the most Donald Trump thing to come up with a stupid nickname for someone and then continually use it in writing as if it's a normal thing to do is just to refer to someone as an insult. Oh, I know. It's uh, super scary. And very parallel to the fun stuff we got going on. Well, this is like, you know, there are like many parallels we can draw between Rita Skeeter and Donald Trump, like Mm -hmm. down to the hair. Oh, yes. No, it's absolutely bizarre. Um, Let's move on. Yeah, let's. (laughs) Pass, Mike. Take it easy for a second. You might pull a muscle. Why don't you go stretch or something? Because it's time for Wingardium Adridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. In the Harry Potter universe, they talk a lot about fire whiskey, butterbeer has a little bit of alcohol in it, and they talk about Google water like once. It seems as if wizards have a very limited range of alcoholic beverage options. Well, they really could have benefited from Shaker and Spoon, who can help you expand your liquor horizons. Shaker and Spoon is a service that sends you boxes of ingredients to make incredible cocktails. And this past weekend, I had a couple of my buddies over to make tequila-based drinks, and oh my goodness, they were unreal. One of them was a spicy tequila drink. One of them was like a better pickleback, which was really citrusy and amazing. And one was a mole, savory, old-fashioned. They took traditional style drinks that exist, but then using tequila and fancy ingredients made them so much more special. It really felt like wizard alchemy in the form of drinking cocktails. It was so fantastic. Each box comes with the ingredients to make four servings of three different drinks. They give you recipe cards so they can tell you exactly what to make and you can make them in the future. And all you need to do is provide the liquor. They give you everything else and you can get $20 off your first box if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash potterless. That's almost 50% off your box if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash potterless and start having fancy drinks for fancy parties like I did today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club 
is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% right off your first purchase right by going to arenaclub.com slash Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slap pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash Potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So if you collect some cards or we open some packs in a more transparent way, whether you're a sports nerd or Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. So, reading his stories about Dumbledore's brother being crazy, to write off that Dumbledore went home to help him, and she postulates instead that it was to keep his sister imprisoned. Rita goes on about the relationship between Batilda and the Dumbledore, saying she's the only person on speaking terms with them. Apparently, Kendra died from a backfiring charm, according to Rita. And then Rita straight up admits to using Veritaserum for the book, which really seems like that should be illegal. Is Veritaserum not illegal to use, or is it just highly frowned upon? I am pretty sure... Oh. God, it must be a controlled use. Yeah, because I think Snape is not supposed to use it against Harry. He threatens to do it in school, but that might be more of just like a school rule and less so of a legal implication thing. But it seems really strange to be in your book. Hey, by the way, I basically tortured this old lady into talking. I get it's not as painful as torture, but it's still, at the end of the day, you are obtaining information that someone did not want to willingly tell you. That Mm -hmm. seems like it should be illegal. And for her to write it in the book, hey, I did this, is bonkers. I mean, for having a lot of conferences that we've never heard of, like the wizarding, like international wizarding governance situation seems like awfully sketchy. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a little Wild West. (sighs) Yeah. It's it's a very weird I mean, and whether or not it's illegal, the fact that the prophet and the ministry are so intertwined, I feel like Rita Skeeter's kind of (laughs) untouchable in a weird way because she drives all the business. Yes. So I think think that even if this is illegal, they might just be all pish posh and let I, it sweep under the rug. Yeah. I, which is still crazy. But it just seems strange for her to admit this in the book. Just don't say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hark, do I smell an archetype? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she hypes up this big secret. And the big secret is that the same summer that Dumbledore went home, Batilda let in her great nephew, Gellert Grindelwald. So Rita says that Gellert's terror and rise to power are not widely known in the UK since nothing happened in the UK. And this seems very strange that a major act of history would just not be known because it happened in a different country. And countries in Europe aren't that far away. I don't know how long, like this wasn't that long ago. Like shouldn't news spread slash if they're making history textbooks? Wouldn't they talk about it? It's not like in our history classes, no one talked about Hitler because, oh, Germany's so far away. 
It seems so strange that it's just like, oh, yeah, in the UK, people don't really know details about Grindelwald because he was all the way across the globe. Yeah, it's actually a little weird, like, how disconnected the different wizarding communities are. Like, it really doesn't seem like there's a lot of, like, that much exchange between these, like, secret communities. But Mm -hmm. although, like, if people have been hiding magic for a very long time, Mm -hmm. it kind of makes it hard to, like find communities that are outside of your immediate reference range. I guess, and I don't know if they ever talk about it because we really only learn about the ministry, but is there no wizarding UN? I mean, there's, what is it? Because is the wizard gamut just the UK? There. I feel like there should be some sort of wizarding United Nations where all of the different areas can talk about wizarding stuff. And this could be something. So there's the International Confederation of Wizards, right? Right. So Uh, I feel like they should be good about spreading news of big old problems like wizard Hitler doing wizard Hitler things. This is one of those times when it would have been really nice if like someone with a mouth had like, or if like Harry was like very slightly more interested in magical history. Mm -hmm. Because basically every time magical history is mentioned, it's like goblins, blah, blah. And then someone falls asleep. Like Mm -hmm. they're just being Uh, like, Professor Binz is so boring. Uh, (laughs) And it's like, no, there's stuff here. Come on guys. What about the goblin riots? (laughs) This would be really useful. Yeah, I don't know, man. Ugh. We just have, like, frankly, kind of sketchy information, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's not much that we can do with the information that we've been given as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. But it also, like, I have always kind of assumed that, like, throughout magical history, there are, like, things that happen in muggle history that, like, are mirrored in magical history or, like, that have a magical root that then get, like, reflected in muggle history and mm-hmm. spread out, right? Yeah. Like, that's, like, kind of implied with, like... The Grindelwald and his weird rise of, yeah, like basically just like two young wizard fascists, yeah, just hanging out. Uh, I guess it just seemed strange to me that there wouldn't be a bigger dive oh, yeah. into this. Oh, absolutely. Just, I'm, you know, I'm sure there was, and some editor was like, "Gotta go." <laughs> <laughs> so we learned from Rita Skeeter and not a history textbook that at 16, Durmstrang expelled Grindelwald for his experiments. Rita says he struck up a close friendship with Dumbledore. Batilda introduced them to each other, and Rita has a copy of a letter that Dumbledore wrote to Grindelwald. It's about Dumbledore saying that he agrees with Grindelwald that wizards should be in control, which is a little weird, but he stresses that it should only be in the case of protection and, quote, for the greater good, which Grindelwald doesn't care about, apparently. Dumbledore also tells him that they should only use force when necessary, unlike Grindelwald did at Durmstrang. And Rita goes in on Dumbledore for this. She cites that his followers will bleat that he had a change of heart, which honestly seems very likely because, first off, he wrote this letter at 17, and I feel like I am definitely not the same person I was when I was 17 years old. Yeah, and, slightly different opinions. Yeah. yeah. And Dumbledore never did anything on these actions, so clearly he genuinely did have a change of heart. And we see so many things later on about Dumbledore caring about being nice to muggles and caring for them and treating everyone equally, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So sure, it's not the best that he had this thought, but clearly he had some sort of falling out with someone who was very passionate about we should be conquering over the muggles. I feel like there is a lot of evidence that Dumbledore had of change of heart and it's stupid of Rita Skeeter to dismiss it off the bat. But perfectly in character. I mean, yeah, it's not surprising, but uh, I don't know. No, she's the worst. Um, <laughs> she's absolutely the worst. 
are the things I would do to Rita Skater. <laughs> I don't know why no one has smushed her yet. Like, no As one in the... As a beetle. Oh, just smushed her just on the ground. Just been like, Biddy, you suck. <laughs> like, can we be done now? Well, she is an unregistered animagist, so... I know. I don't know how many people actually know. But yeah, it would have been nice if she just got smushed in yeah. normal life. Like, she was a beetle yeah. in the street and someone's like, oh, gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Curiously shaped spectacle markings. Goodbye. (laughs) So Rita writes that after two months, they split and never saw each other again until their legendary duel. Rita writes that Batilda thinks Ariana's death is what split them up, not a change of heart. And... Maybe it's both, but we'll have to see. Grindelwald came home to Batilda very upset, saying he wanted to go home right away, so she poured keyed him out. Rita then goes on to talk about the nose-breaking fight between Albus and Aberforth at Ariana's funeral. Rita basically is insinuating that Grindelwald killed Dumbledore's sister, which seems crazy, but also not crazy, because we just know that Grindelwald is super evil, so it's in play. Rita cites their showdown happened five years later and wonders what took Dumbledore so long to fight him. She thinks that it's Dumbledore's affection for him. And Rita then ends the chapter of this book asking if Ariana was the first to die for the greater good. And this is the first time that I thought of something, which again, it might be a spoiler because I saw the first Fantastic Beast movie and this is kind of a bummer. And I guess don't tell me if this is correct, but I just wanted to voice this. I don't know if the book's talk about this or if this is only in the Fantastic Beast thing, but is she one of those obscurous things that like Clarence or whatever he was in the first book where he kind of explodes into black goopy mess of whatever because he's like pure evil. I don't know if she was this. It seems very strange, but that's the one thing I started to think because her death has been so hush-hush and not talked about that maybe she's that, but I don't know if that even comes into play in the books. I'm sorry to ask you a question that you can't answer me. Yeah, but. I mean, wow, yeah, what what a crazy theory you've had. Yeah, I don't know. You'll just have to find out no. what happens next. <laughs> I will have to see. Wow, wow, yeah, no, yeah. there's a lot of reasons that people could not talk about why somebody died. Mm-hmm. That might be one of them. Okay. I will find out. Yep. (laughs) But if that is, if that is the thing, if that is it, I mean, I don't get any credit Mm -hmm. for like coming up with this because I watched a movie about it. But if I'm wrong, whatever. So Hermione and Harry finish the chapter and Harry is absolutely crushed. He feels betrayed by Dumbledore. He feels like he's losing everything. His wand, Ron, Dumbledore. Hermione brings up that it's Skeeter, so they should take everything with a grain of salt. But Harry claps back, citing the letter which is true. Hermione is worried about the exact quote of for the greater good because it became Grindelwald's slogan slash justification for all the evil shit he did over the course of his entire Hitler run. Yep. And apparently it was even carved above the entrance to Nurmengard. What's Nurmengard? Thankfully, Harry and the reader both ask this question, and Hermione (laughs) informs Harry that, oh yeah, it's the prison that Grindelwald built to hold his opponents. You know, this thing that's been around for all of the other books, for sure. I think there's been a mention of Nurmengard in the previous books. Okay, 
I yeah. at least don't remember that it. That is worth a fact check, my friends. Yeah. I, yeah. It's one of the things that when I'm recording these episodes, I want to like look up on Harry Potter Wiki. Mm-hmm. But Harry Potter Wiki does a very bad job of telling you everything that every, happens about everything. something in one everything. sentence. Yes. It, like if you look up a character, it'll, it finds a way to be like, oh, in this book. And yeah. thankfully it was always stuff that – like I've never had a spoiler from Harry Potter Wiki. But I definitely looked up Sirius once for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was when I was trying to figure out the family tree of how he connected to all the other blacks. Oh, and right. I swear the first sentence is like, Sirius Black, who died in the fifth book. It's like, why is this the first word, Harry Potter Wiki? Have you yeah. ever considered someone is maybe, oh, I don't know, reading the books for the first time? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Harry Potter Wiki needs like a spoiler free version, like spoiler free dot Harry Potter Wiki dot com. And then right off the bat, you can say, I'm on chapter this of this. And yeah, then like it doesn't show for you. book one. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I feel like that shouldn't be that hard. To be fair, like a lot of the spoilers in Harry Potter are like contained within a detailed analysis of a family tree. Mm, okay. It's kind of intense. Yeah. Because everybody's related to everybody else. It's. It's super inbred and weird. Yeah, it's a little strange. Super strange. Very, uh, what, tutors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So apparently Nurmengard is the prison that Grindelwald built to hold his opponents, but he ended up there after Dumbledore dueled him. Dumbledore was like, this is a great place to put you. Yeah, which <laughs> is very woof and like the ultimate like, ah, hubris, look at you. You yes. built this prison for other people and now uh, look at where you are. great at stuff like that. Though. Real good. Dumbledore's like, I see your grand <laughs> plan and I will flip it. Flip it's very it big on poetic good. justice. Yes. <laughs> so so Hermione brings up that they only knew each other for one summer when they were very young. And Harry doesn't like this argument, though, because they were the same age as the squad is now, which is a good point. But also, look how much dumb shit you do, right? Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry, you're the stupidest person in the world and you have so many feelings and you're so bad at knowing what to do with them. Come on. Uh, I think Harry in a couple of years will look back and be like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I did absolutely think that when I was 17, though. Oh, uh, what? That you never would have thought bad things like Dumbledore did. <laughs> no, that like I really have to get my shit together. Like I am not allowed to have like bad like teenagers are known for doing stupid mm-hmm. things and I am the exception. Oh, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm definitely the exception. So like I'm going to try really hard to make sure that I never do stupid things. Yeah. I absolutely did really stupid things. <laughs> we all like, did. really stupid things. Like everybody does. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. No, I was in the same boat. I remember by the time senior year of high school rolled around is when I finally, I had this weird thing that happened to me where like freshman year, I was not phased by popularity or anything at all. And then it like uh-huh. really mattered to me sophomore mm-hmm. and junior year. And then senior year came around or at, by like the end of junior year, I was like, you know, what screw this like I like my group of friends and I don't care if we're like the cool kids or not yeah and I was so retroactively embarrassed like how could I have let popularity affect me it's like I was 15 (laughs) and 16 years old like that's what happens to people yeah thankfully I didn't like become a jerk because of it but I was like weirdly concerned with like oh I'm not getting invited to parties like woe is me and and I felt bad as an 18 year old like how could I let myself succumb to this Oh, I mean, but that's like everyone has like it's I fine know, to have. But it doesn't make thoughts. it suck less. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. At the I, time. No, I ended up in the <laughs> best clique in high school ever. It was like Cheers. it was like the nerds who were passionate about stuff. It was like nerds that either played varsity sports or were into theater or music or something. Mm-hmm. It was like the best social group to fall into because it was just like nice people that had a thing that they liked about and we all liked that we all had a thing we liked i was very fortunate to be in the group that i was i feel bad for two years being 
sad about that. Yeah. But thankfully it came around and like now our group of friends, like we're doing the best out of everyone from high school. So it worked out. All my high school friends are doing really cool things too. I'm so proud of them. Yeah. They're so great. And all the people that peaked in high school, they peaked in high school. Yeah. Can you imagine? No, I think all of our teachers were telling us that like we would be sad for the people who peak in high school and some of them were sitting among us and it was really intense. It was so real, man. I remember my senior year. <laughs> Yay for my high school teachers. That's great. My senior year, one high school teacher said that. He said, if you ever hear someone say that high school or college even are the best years of your life, that's depressing. Because why would the best years of your life be before it's 25% over? Yeah. He brought this up. Like, can you imagine for yeah. three quarters of your life looking back and thinking, oh, my life hasn't been as know, good as right? it once was. Yeah. So I'm very glad that I uh, think I'm on the come up. Well, it's also really nice that, like, we're, like, one of the generations that didn't get hit with, like, a massive or, like, a really intensely drafted armed conflict. Very true. Like, as soon as people graduated high school. Yeah. That would... We're lucky. Yeah. Like, if I were drafted into World War II when I was 18, I also would think that high school were the best years (laughs) of my life. Remember that time when I didn't have to murder people? PTSD was recognized. I don't know. Like, yeah. (laughs) Do, do, do. I do sure miss that time I didn't have to carry a gun and get shot at. I sure do miss that time that I was not having constant nightmares. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway. Harry Potter. Potter. Speaking (laughs) of constant nightmares, man. This poor guy. This poor tiny boy. So apparently he's tall now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. He is tall. Yeah. So Hermione thinks that Ariana being a squib is a lie and just doesn't make sense because it doesn't seem like how Dumbledore would treat it. Hermione starts to say that the Dumbledore we knew wouldn't and then Harry interjects in all caps rage with the Dumbledore we knew wouldn't try to conquer the muggles by force, which, okay, Harry, take a step back. Hermione <laughs> pleads that he changed and Harry is having none of it. Hermione brings up the super true point that she thinks Harry is just mad because Dumbledore never told him any of this. And it's super real and Harry can't even deny it. And he screams, maybe I am, which is 100% how he feels. Harry rants that he was asked to trust Dumbledore blindly without Dumbledore trusting him. And he cries, never the whole truth, never, which is kind of true. Hermione then tells him he loved you. I know he loved you. And Harry then says, I don't know who he loved, but it wasn't me. Wait, you're missing the part where Harry felt that they were as insignificant as insects beneath that wide sky. Ooh. I just had a poetic line. (laughs) Just because of just, just for angst. Yeah. Very angsty, very poetic. Harry then grabs the wand, thanks her for the tea and says he'll finish the watch and that she should go back to bed. And that's the very happy fun ending to chapter 18. Can we just like, I I don't know. I had this like weird thought. You know how Dumbledore spends like all of the time that he's alive and having heart to hearts with Harry talking about how it's like Harry's like special capacity to love that mm-hmm. is like the thing that is important. Yeah. And Harry is like, that is absolute bullshit. And Dumbledore is like, no, but you're amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm really, really reminded of this when Harry like freaks out with Dumbledore, like not telling him the truth or something. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, Harry grew up in a really abusive household. Mm -hmm. Like, Harry Harry grew up with, like, terrifying people raising him. And a big thing was that they never told him he was a wizard. Yeah, exactly. So when he sees the person he cares about the most. What a bizarre choice. Yeah. Like, 
That Dumbledore that wouldn't tell lo- him everything. Yeah, that, like, being kept together body and soul, but, like, with low-grade emotional abuse is, like, definitely better than, like, being held up and pampered, mm-hmm. as Dumbledore says that he would have been if he'd been placed with the wizarding family. Which we know is also, like, really more about the Fidelius charm or, like... Sure conglomerate Mm -hmm. random love magic that is on (laughs) Dursley's house. I'm like, oh, what is this boy who's having these, like, crazy stupid reactions to, like, stuff that well-adjusted people don't do? And I'm like, oh, right. Mm -hmm. He, like, is only used to caring about other people and, like, not knowing what it's like to be secure and having that love return. Sure. And anyway, no, 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 it's good. And it's something that there. it's something that I brought up in a lot of episodes of Potterless, which people thankfully have been bringing up to me on social media. I always was upset that Harry didn't ask questions, but mm-hmm. he was conditioned that asking questions was bad. Don't ask questions. Exactly. So yeah. it, it makes sense of why he won't ask questions. I think it is a bit of oversight on Dumbledore's part to not realize, first off, that Harry isn't going to ask any questions. So yeah. Dumbledore's got to tell him stuff. And that Harry hates that he was never told the full truth when he was a kid so Dumbledore should tell him the full truth now I'm sure Dumbledore has his reasons for not telling him everything and and even he apologized at the end of the fifth book for not being as upfront with him and also he wasn't like planning to die early so it goes both ways I don't know. There's also the fact that, like, Dumbledore, it sounds like, was, like, super smart and Mm -hmm. had a really unhappy family life. Yeah. He's a suspicious motherfucker. Like, (laughs) Dumbledore. Maybe also Dumbledore has some trust issues over there. Yeah. Like, you know, like, everybody's issues are coming out to play. Yeah, and I think the other thing is he mentions this as his justification in the fifth book. He doesn't want to overload Harry. Like, Harry has so much going on. Yeah. He doesn't have to tell him everything. And I think it's different where the place in which Harry is in now versus where he is when he was just a student Mm -hmm. is that if Harry was in this situation he's in now where it's like hi the only thing you have to do is murder Voldemort I think Dumbledore probably would have shifted course and just laid everything out on the table if he was still alive whereas when Harry's at school Dumbledore is thinking maybe I'll just let Harry try to be as normal as humanly possible and I'll just tell him the stuff he absolutely needs so that he isn't just like crushed with the weight of everything indeed so yeah I see both sides to this. It's a super complicated, touchy subject thing, and I don't think either of them are perfect. Yeah, I just think it's like, oh, yeah, it's just, it's so much information mm-hmm. for Harry and for the reader. I think how Rowling develop or Rowling? Rowling. Rowling. It's Rowling, rolling like yeah. bowling. Yes. <laughs> do, do, pronunciation dance. Did it right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that the way that Rowling handles like big weighty emotions is like very Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't, you know, like I, I almost feel like these, Eh, I think it's worth moving on. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah, I really We'll move do. on to chapter 19, this yeah, Silverdale. And we will do that next week. What's up, guys? It's Editing Mike. So when Cecilia and I recorded this episode, it went on very long, which is good, because I think we had a lot of fun side discussions, but it means we have to break this into two episodes of Potterless. But before we wrap things up here, I did want to address something that came up in the news and people have reached out on social media about, and I feel like I should address just because it came up in the podcast a lot, and it's the whole Johnny Depp situation. If you hadn't seen, him and his lawyers released a bunch of documents saying that he didn't do anything to Amber Heard, a lot of what she said was untrue, and that she actually abused him. 
There hasn't really been an investigation or any in-depth research and reporting done by a reputable news source. It's a lot of strange tabloidy sites that I've never heard of and Reddit sleuthing. And what I'm going to do now is what I should have done for the original situation. I spoke out when I didn't have a lot of the evidence, but the evidence that came forth was what I feel is enough and should be enough in this day and age where men get away with a lot of awful stuff and it's really hard for women to speak up and I support women that do, and my natural inclination is to believe them when they speak up. Amber Heard had bruises on her face. She was warranted a court-sanctioned restraining order from Johnny Depp that a judge gave her and said that she deserved, and that, to me, was enough to think that Johnny Depp shouldn't be in this franchise of children's movies. I still stand by voicing my opinion that I don't want him in the movies. I feel that a woman speaking up is enough to have someone in a very public-facing position, one of which can inspire children. Being a movie actor inherently comes with being a role model as well. And I think that accusations, which have some validity to them, is enough to disqualify you from that. That's just how I feel. I only talked about Johnny Depp and not Amber Heard because at the time there was only evidence against him and he's the only one in the Harry Potter movies. Now that there's apparently evidence against her, I believe that both people were abusive. I'm not sure who started it. I'm not sure who is more to blame. But ultimately, they're both garbage people. They're both bad. Abuse is never good no matter what. And it seems like they both abused each other and I don't like either of them as people, I wouldn't want either of them to be in the Fantastic Beast movies. So I'm sorry for talking so much about something that I didn't have the full picture of, but I am not sorry for having the inclination to believe a woman when she speaks up and says that she was a victim of abuse. And at this point, I'm just gonna wait to see how things shake out before talking about it again. I don't want to talk about it. I'm sure you don't want to hear about it. I said it too much. I was just angry that J.K. Rowling seems to be the type of person to act like she's this champion for women, but then doesn't really back it up. And it just really angered me that she wasn't taking action when other people in similar positions to her and the film teams were like with the Kevin Spacey thing where they reshot the entire movie that he was supposed to be in when his allegations came forward. So I'm just going to hold off for now. I'm sorry for making it such a thing and let's just all move past it and let's just move on to talking about things that are better than abusive people such as getting the Minerva McGonagall prequel story. And that's the end of this episode of Powerless. To make things a little bit happier, if you enjoyed Cecilia on this episode, you should definitely check her out. She she is an amazing voice actress. She was on Wolf Through 59. I had the pleasure of working with her on Time Bombs, which was an audio drama that was put together in the span of a week by the Fear of Public Shame team. That includes past guests Zach Valenti, Sarah Shackett, and Gabrielle Urbina. It was such an incredible project to be a part of, and I can't recommend it enough. Just search Time Bombs into any of your podcasting apps, and you'll find it. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for understanding. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they ask McGonagall to tell them her entire life story, Wizard On! If you want some new friends to talk about Potterless or Harry Potter as a whole with online, you should check out Potterless' social media. We've got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook groups, all great ways to find new people to talk about your favorite lightning bolt scarred friend and a grown man making fun of him. Potterless is created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert, as well as Leanne Davis, Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Erica and Calvin Bauer, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Deborah Wilkins, Klaus Lopu, Rebecca Adamick, Frank Chioto, Marchismo, Tori Larsic, Samantha Rose, Hwansan, Philly, Eugenia Dowsett, Kieran Webb, Abita Med, Caitlin Jordan Pontolo, Rosemarie Dodge, Jill Boulay, Marie-Lisa C. Keen, Ariel Bird, Romina Rivadanira, Camille Doc, Russell Dunk, Dustin Mullen, Cooch, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Sydney Cawthorn, Billy Hinton, Ross Ann Batamana, Andrea Franz, Nikita Power, Lala Palmer, Chelsea Green, Taylor Armstead, Love. 
Cash Longer, Ali Madsen, Cassandra Aponte, Roxy Chaos, Amelia Krauss, Sean Montag, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Jessica Ann, Arnagut, the daughter, Tiago Costa, Daisy Curtin, Jessica Jacob, Orchid Grower, Steve Trelore, Vivian the Owl, Takari Arant, Haley Hastings, Marino Moster, Pinky Pan, Angelina Withred, Ross Marie Heise, Phineas Ebner, Lee Ganji Singh, Alex Bisholta, Brian Williams, Caitlin Sullivan, Finn Stucky, Mosin Siddiqui, Grace Riggle, Sammy Shaw, Raul Pineda, Ingen Oddstadter, Mari Wynn, Brianne Wingate, Heidi Stoll, Alexandra Consulver, John Kotker, Jen and Juice, Noel Vesele, Tao, Hala O'Keefe, Emily Tyrell, Michael Russell, Robin Fernandez, Patricia Colon, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Mariah Noah, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enslin, Claire Spencer, Teal, Cena Schutzberg, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillum, Sarah and Patrick Donovan, Alicat29, Halle Bowen, Veronica Bartova, Kevin Harnoy, Lada B, Noah, Tracy Toya, Lucinda, Carlos Nino, Pam Webb, Nikki Amio, Colleen King, Jennifer Marklu, Friday J. Svedson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latshaw, Summer Raffle, Heather Fleischman, Vera Colotham, Carrie D. Bagason, Andrea Kroc, Elisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Emily Gale, Ryan King, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Weekend of Dead Cat Ladies, Maya Gray, Addie Rye, Mark Body, Polly Burridge, Kimberly Savage, Srojan Thanme Gupta, Brittany Gutierrez, Sarah Shecker, Lauren Cook, Nova VM, Kyle, Zeno Rosnowski, Emily Tilly, Colleen Mage, Harlan Haskins, Akanksha Saxena, Wouter Vandermaiden, Shelby Darnell, Noelia, and Can't I Potter? Web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Kampamatis. You can find us on social media at facebook.com slash potterless, twitter.com slash potterless pod, instagram.com slash potterless podcast, or reddit.com slash r slash potterless. For any and all information on the show, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com and bonus episodes live at patreon.com slash potterless. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, a wizard on! Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.